All right, we're back again in the 31 Bits storyline. Hello and welcome to the e-commerce playbook podcast. My name is Andrew Ferris and I am the CEO of 4x400. We are an e-commerce holding company. We, we, uh, what do we do? We acquire, operate and grow D2C brands, consumer product brands. And one of those brands, 31 Bits, we've been tracking the story for a while of from acquisition through sort of relaunch, launch, rebuild, get ads going, move it from the earliest phase in our ecosystem into phase two, where we are uh, really trying to grow and create initial scale in this brand. Um, Everything up to this point has been lead up. We've been rebuilding the brand, rebuilding the site, retelling the stories, restocking products, all those kinds of things. Now we are in the like regular e-commerce phase where it is about optimize, grow, solve the core problems, get the brand going. I am excited about this phase. Uh, I love this phase of business. I'm gonna tell you all about how it's going and let me give you a little, little hint, it's going badly. All right, well, we're back in the 31 bits relaunch timeline and we've moved forward. I feel like I've drawn this out for a long time because it's been so much prep work, but uh, we are in the midst of it now. We are we are really at the part where all the prep work starts to become reality and we begin to figure out, are we actually gonna be able to grow this brand? And uh, as I alluded to in the intro, the, sh- the answer for today is um, not yet. Um, it, has, it has not gone great. We <laughs> We... Um, have not found ourselves able to sort of like magically turn this on. So um, we relaunched ads after uh, we had run a test back at the end of May, beginning of June for our uh, ads, including some specific products around the Bali products that I've talked about in previous episodes. Um, sub- subsection of our products, metal jewelry, um, stuff that we feel pretty good about being able to sell overall. Um, and, uh, and, and yet, it just really hasn't worked so far. So let me, let me run you through some data and tell you uh, kind of where we're at. So uh, the, the, the best way to start is the comparison. So back in May and June, uh, we spent $1,700 of test budget and uh, returned just slightly less than that. So, um, so almost exactly a one ROAS. Um, so basically a one to $100. Um, that was with... Uh, a, a conversion rate just over 1%, 1.06%, an AOV of $55, a cost per click of 58 cents. And because like I said, it's a one-to-one ROAS, that means our revenue per click was also just about 58 cents. So um, that's click-only attribution just to keep everything um, nice and consistent as we compare numbers. Uh, and and so basically what you're seeing there is a, a revenue per click, an RPC of 58 cents is just not workable. It just isn't. Even with 58 cent clicks, you just have to be able to do better than that. And so um, it's interesting. When we looked at those ads and ran them, there's one ad in particular actually that um, that just, just we just started with, with image ads showing our product, um, really straightforward lifestyle image ads showing our product. Um, and those ads worked at like, uh, in, in some ways at the, at the platform level, really amazingly. We had one ad that was over a 3.7% click-through rate, which is just massive. It's, it's you know, a really high click-through rate for, for image ads and, and, um, and another one that was almost up at 2%. And so these two ads seem to really kind of rise to the top as far as the in-platform engagement of those ads. Um, and our CPM was really low. It was like 750. So, uh, so you were getting really high click-through rate 
pretty cheap CPM, especially in jewelry, running to a relatively young audience, which meant you're getting really, really cheap clicks, but you just weren't, we just weren't converting the traffic. Now, what I ascribed that to at the time, the, what my explanation for that was that we were out of a lot of products. We were running low on a lot of products. So it seemed to me that like a big part of the thing that we needed to do was just restock. And if we could restock, we'd be in a different spot. So we did, we restocked, we sent some emails. They didn't do much really. Um, and, um, and now here's where we're at so far. We launched um, some more ads on September 11th and, uh, and we have spent uh, at the time of writing this about 1200 bucks or at the time of recording this, about 1200 bucks, uh, returned about $900. Now there's very little delayed attribution in here, so that number will go up some. Turned about $900 for a 0.76 ROAS, so worse than before. Um, and the other metrics are all really different. So decently high click-through rate on that same ad, you were, we're up uh, towards 2%, um, but not up to the three and a half plus percent levels that we were at before. Um, converting overall, at a 1.63% so far against a $47 AOV. So AOV down, conversion rate up for an RPC of 77 cents. So again, RPC with our first test was 58 cents. RPC with our new ones, 77 cents. The problem is we're paying over a dollar for a click now. CPM up to 20 bucks. Now I wanna say something about this because um, when you analyze CPMs, it's really tempting to sort of think of that as something outside of your control and to not know what to do about it. So if CPMs are $20 now when they were $7.50 before, you say like, oh, well, there's nothing I can do about that. Well, one of the things that's happening there is that CPMs vary relative to your customer, right? Different customers cost different amounts of money to reach. And particularly as you move towards older audiences, uh, older audiences on Facebook are, are going to be more expensive, generally speaking. And that's usually because they have purchasing power. And so uh, female audiences, sort of 35 plus, start to get more expensive. And depending on your product and those sorts of things, um, not all the way across the board, more expensive, but somewhere in there. That's, that's your high purchasing power audiences. And as the algorithm serves ads towards um, more of those people, your CPM goes up. So, so we're paying more for a click despite our click-through rate going down a little bit for sure, um, but still really strong, healthy click-through rates across, across all of our ads. Um, and, and so I just kind of look at that and go, okay, that's a little outside of my control. The algorithm is locking in. You're looking at a $1,200 spend. And, and I, now I start to assess what to do with all these numbers. And let me tell you how I'm thinking about this. The first question sort of for myself is this, um, am I nervous? Am I nervous that this just isn't going to work? And my answer is a little more than before. That's just the truth. I just, I look at this and think like, man, no matter what, I really was hoping for better and more out of this. We rebuilt the website, we beefed up our PDPs, we told our story better. Like we did a lot of stuff better on the site across the board than, than it was before, in my opinion. Um, and that just hasn't mattered that much. And I'll tell you, one thing I generally believe is that redesigns are not usually the pathway towards massive change. If the product is the same and the price is the same, your redesign better really be doing something spectacular for that to change everything. And so, so I was a little, I wasn't like, overwhelmingly confident that the redesign element would be the main thing here. Um, I thought that the, the change in the product mix would be the main thing. And, uh, and that so far, as we've restocked, just hasn't, hasn't made all the difference yet. So that's a big concern. Um, secondly, the way that expresses itself in a metric, and this is really important, is that that revenue per click of 77 cents um, is just not even close to good enough. 
The simple fact of the matter is we need to be converting more traffic at the AOVs that we are at, no matter what the CPM is that we're reaching. Conversion rate is also relative to audience. AOVs relative to audience, probably two. Um, but conversion rate really relative to audience. Uh, and, and I've said this before, conversion rate just always requires tons of context, including audience, uh, the channel that you're coming from, all those things. Well, I mean, just it's just clear to me that no matter what that is, like we're not going to be able to make this brand get down to 40 cent clicks or something like that. So at least not with any consistency in scale. So 70 cent, 77 cents in RPC is just not good enough. It's just not. And, um, and that's where I get a little nervous and that's where I pause. And I just go like, oh man, what do we need to do um, to solve this? Now, I um, should first say that two members of my team are taking the lead on solving this. Dave Recook, my VP of New Brands. At some point, I'm gonna bring Dave on here and you're gonna meet him. He's a newest member of my team, one of the newest members of my team. And um, and Vince Wu, my, my director of growth. So, so if and when I come on this podcast in a week or two and things are solved, I bet it will be mostly because they solved it. But the other thing I'll say about this is just that like, this is also kind of my favorite part of this whole game. I love looking at a set of data like this, stepping into it and going like, what is this telling me about what is happening between my customer and my brand? Because one of the things I believe about 31 bits is that there's just no reason it shouldn't work. The jewelry is high quality, it's beautifully designed, and it's uh, and the ethical storyline is totally and completely legitimate. Like, it should work. So why isn't it working? And I, I think that's a really hard question to answer. Um, now, maybe we have, and this is, these are the roads I start going down. Maybe we haven't done a good enough job of, of um, pricing the product. Maybe we need to go do some research in the market and figure out, like, are we just overpriced, particularly relative to our materials? That's probably the first question for me. A second one is, maybe we have a creative problem. Um, maybe we just need to think differently about creative, particularly around what creative we bring people in the door with. We, not just in terms of getting uh, sort of a higher click-through rate, but leading with the products that people will love the most. Um, I think in this category in particular, it's really gonna be about, do they believe this piece is really beautiful? So that's, that's a big question for me as well. Um, is that happening? Um, another question that I have about, uh, about how to make this work is sort of just like this question around brand in general and the storyline. Make Maybe we are way overdoing it with the emphasis we have on the story behind the artisanship on these materials. I, I come back to this. I've never read the book. I need to at some point. But there's a book, and I've heard an interview with the author, called The Myth of the Ethical Consumer. I think that's what it's called. Um, but basically, the concept is that people don't shop ethically. It's just not real. That market forces have to be the thing that drive ethical shopping behaviors. And if they don't, it's really hard to overcome that because people generally don't shop ethically, even though they say they do. Uh, I, I've talked to people at other ethical brands, including ethical fashion brands. That was certainly their experience as well, that it wasn't really the main thing. So maybe we need to come off of that a little bit and really put more attention on the product. And that brings me to a fourth point here. One thing I have found over and over and over again in CRO in general, conversion rate optimization, which is really what we're talking about here. And, and this is, a, this is a, I think, maybe a crucial point, is that the number one thing you need to communicate on a product page is what the person is buying. It's, it's really remarkable how much just giving more clarity to the customer about what exactly it is and what makes it, what it, what gives the product value. Giving clarity to that, just clarity over any salesmanship 
goes so far. Uh, it's it's really fascinating. I've seen this over and over again with with product page optimization, conversion optimization on pages. Uh, my all time win with this was with FC Goods, where with FC Goods. Uh, we at one point simply made it so that one of the key things that people saw once they got on the product page was the product image, but with callouts put on top, like just layered text on, on the image with that point that just sort of drew a line from each of the materials, full grain steer hide from just the full grain leather part, and then baseball glove leather from the other part. That image like almost doubled our conversion rate when we first added it to the page because what we were able to do is make it so that in one image, people could see really, really clearly what this product was. Whereas before, they were kind of having to read and try and go figure out like, oh, it's baseball glove leather in this part of the wallet. That's interesting. I kind of wonder if there's something like that for 31 bits. Like, do we just need to make it clear what the materials are, uh, what they're getting, make sure we're priced right, and that's it. Another possibility here is that we need to think about sort of an ongoing discounting strategy that maybe in this space, because we're not fine, fine jewelry here, uh, maybe we need to just recognize the reality that we're going to have to live at a lower AOV and, and show people deals. Maybe it's the gap strategy where it's just there's a different sale every weekend and you're just constantly running people through those and that's that and that's how you, that's how you operate. So um, those are all out there. There's one other thing that I'm holding on to here and I, I want to mention this as well. I mentioned creative as part of this, but it's also the case that when we first ran ads, the first half of the of the ads, like we're talking about tiny spends here. So the first half of the ads didn't do very well. Um, the second half of the performance did a lot better. Now, there's potentially a couple reasons for that. One of them is that the algorithm locked in more on the Facebook level about what was going on. Another possibility is that it's just in a small sample, weird clustering happens and it was randomness and the randomness of the purchases, the purchase behavior got distributed more towards the back end of the ad spend in this part. Um, I'm optimistic that as we start to hone in a little bit more um, and see kind of where some of the metrics come in, that as we get to two, three, four thousand dollars in spend, we we start to simply and slowly um, raise the ROAS from where we are right now. So, um, so we'll see. We'll see where we are. I would say this is a, an unqualified loss at this stage. Like it, ha it just hasn't hit right away. I was hoping we'd kind of come in right at like a 1.4-ish or something, and then that we'd be able to um, start optimizing from there, expect some delayed attribution, build out the rest of things, and and go. It just hasn't happened yet. So. Um, so we'll see. Uh, we we I would say we're stuck right now. It's problems to solve, and that's what this game is. It's a matter of solving each problem as it comes up. All right, so there it is. I, I always feel like it's good for me to come on here and tell you when we when we fail, um, and that's because like plenty of things have gone really well for four over hundred in our business, but um, but plenty of things have gone poorly as well. And I just never want to make it sound easy. Like it just matters to me that you know that like I've seen, I don't know, hundreds of ad accounts and and my team is really, really talented, but every brand creates a new set of problems to solve and um, and you don't, none, it's not easy. So if it's not easy for your brand either, like I get it, um, don't, don't, don't beat yourself up. Put your head down as much as you can or maybe pick your head up and get some help. Try and solve the problems in front of you. Um, and that's all you can really do is you just keep trying to be aware of what's going on, be honest about it, solve the problems uh, and move from there. So um, so that's where we're at right now. Thanks as always for listening. I would love your feedback. I would love your um, any questions, thoughts that you have. I've actually start, thought about starting to run sort of like a, maybe a monthly or every so often mailbag bonus episode or something like that. Um, I've got a couple little ideas for these side episodes like the one I did with Taylor last week. By the way, if you liked my episode with Taylor last week, um, or if you didn't like it, actually, either way, I would love that feedback. So just podcast at 4x400.com. Shoot me an email. I'd love to hear 
Um, any thoughts that you had on that? Uh, you can also reach out to me on Twitter, at Andrew J. Ferris. Love to connect with you there. Always talking about DTC Twitter. It's great. And uh, marketing Twitter. Um, and otherwise, leave us a rating and review. Uh, really, really, really appreciate it a ton. It, it really does help us a lot. So thank you so much. Hope it's going well with you. See you next week.